Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. This week, Joe is gone, so you have the dream team. It's myself and Bradley here today. Hey, Bradley. Hey. It is not very often that you and I get to do it together without Joe. I know. Well, he usually has to be here to babysit us, so. No, exactly. He's the glue. Yeah. You know, when the cat's away, that's uh, that's what we'll do today here. The mice will play. Uh, you know, but lots of things have been going on, and Bradley just made me aware. I kind of missed it, too. Um, but last week, we hit another milestone in the podcast, our 150th episode. That's just wild to me. And and thank you to everybody who listens and has helped us make it to 150. <laughs> That's crazy that I, that we've, yeah, this is episode 151, and we're still going, and we still like each other and at least I think we do and we're still having fun. So, Hey, we'll keep going as long as everybody keeps listening to us. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So episode 151, let's get it going here. We recently had horrible, horrible weather, not just in Minnesota, kind of all over the country. So talking that, you know, kind of week before and during Christmas, it was really really cold it was really cold in minnesota and many other places as well i think in rochester where i'm located the coldest we got with wind chill so kind of the feels like temperature i think negative 36 was the coldest we were and i mean that is cold we Um, got you beat out here in morris we were at minus 46 with the wind that's cold way too cold yeah Very, very cold. But, you know, I think Bradley and I and well, and Joe, too, but he's not here. We we always get these questions, you know, of of what do you do when it's that cold? Or or I know friends that I have that maybe live in warmer parts of the country, like on the, you know, in the south, west coast, that kind of thing. You know, they'll ask, you know, well, what do you do? How how do animals how do cattle survive that? And of course, we know cattle actually are designed to do a little better in colder temperatures. And of course, Bradley, you kind of know this better than anybody since uh, the the cows at the Darien Morris there are outwintered. So they are not kept in a barn all winter. So can you maybe just talk a little bit about, um, you know, and I know we've talked about your outwintering before, but how does that look when with wind chill, it feels like negative 46 degrees? Is there anything extra you do or just a couple things you might check a little more often. What does that look like for you, Bradley? Well, I probably worry about it more than what the cows do. You know, <laughs> when it's yeah. cold and snowy and, and um, windy, I, I certainly worry. And I hope that the cows are in the right spot and we did this and rem- remembered to do those things. But for us, it's mostly keeping the cows and heifers out of the wind. That's probably number one is if you keep them out of the wind, they're going to do fine. The next one, it's a little more difficult when the wind is blowing, is to keep dry bedding. And if you keep them dry, they're not going to have many issues at all. And you got to feed them. You know, you got to make sure that there's enough feed there. So it's it's really not too difficult. It's just a matter of you might have to feed them a little bit more, but 
they do well and they thrive. We haven't had too many issues with animals during the cold. I was in the milking parlor uh, the other morning taking some milk samples and noticed there was, you know, three, four cows that maybe had a little frostbite on them. So it does happen. And uh, that's probably, and we, we can put some lotion and zinc oxide on it to help with the frostbite. It's just usually the tip of the teeth that's the problem. And sometimes that's, you know, that's really difficult because it could be wet bedding or if, if we bed and then it snows and then they lay down in the wrong spot where it's wet, they may get a little frostbite, but not very many cows with frostbite, but I did notice a few and they're doing okay. They they do milk out of it and it, it will heal with, with time, but those are the things that I worry about. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to to bring up. And I was actually going to ask about it before you even said it. And that's, you know, frostbite. With, with most cows, I always say they can do well in the winter when they've grown their winter coats. And the cattle this year had enough time to do that. But they don't grow winter coats on their udders. Yeah, cows get hairy udders, but nothing like, you know, that big thick coat that they need. So yeah, you have this area of a lot of exposed skin and, you know, this can happen to dairy or beef cattle getting frostbite. There we go. That's the word frostbite on their udders. And, you know, and Bradley, you brought up a few important points there, you know, with feed. And I think you mentioned water as well. I know that that's the the biggest chore and probably the biggest pain in the butt. I have to give a quick shout out to friend of the Moose Room, Jason Meadows. He's the the person who does the Egg State of Mind podcast. He has cattle down um, in Missouri, and it was very cold there as well. And I know he said he had to be out multiple times a day breaking up his waters. You know, not everybody has heated waterers. And I know I saw a lot of that on social media uh, when it was really cold too, people who are like, I don't have a heated waterer and I can't get one. And what do I do? And how do I manage that? And it's so crappy that in cold weather, the last thing you want to do is be outside extra, but but you have to be, um, especially in those situations where you maybe don't have heated waterers. So you need to be bringing fresh water multiple times a day. Um, and even just being out to to put more feet out or push feet up extra times, all sorts of things that that you need to do. Yeah, you bring up a good point with the heated waters. You know, sometimes they're not all what they're cracked up to be. <laughs> I guess from experience, I I was here the other day uh, weaning some calves and noticed that one of the pen the calves were bellering. So I go over to the water and it's no water in it, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what's going on? And it's a heated water and it had froze up. The float had froze and it took me five hot water pails to get it unthawed and a a lot of work uh, to chip away some ice and stuff. So sometimes the heated waters aren't good. You you know, when it is 40 below zero, it doesn't matter. Sometimes waters freeze up too. So it's, it's just, just checking those. And actually I had talked to one of the workers and she said, no, it was working fine earlier that morning. So it, get a little wind and boom, the water freezes. So it's, you know, we're doing more checks on animals just to make sure they have all those waters. So it's not once a day that we're checking. It's a couple times a day when it's really cold to make sure that the waters are unfroze because that's unfreezing waters. It's not fun. I'll tell you, it was not fun the other day when I was out there. 
I'm I'm sure it wasn't the first place you wanted to be, Bradley. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. But you also bring up a great point on on just increasing the frequency of observation that you have to do on your farm as well. So yeah, that's checking waterers, even if they're heated, seeing how how much feed you have, how the cows are doing. Um, and just like we talk about with so many things, just spending a couple minutes watching the cows. Is there somebody that's maybe come up lame because something happened? Uh, you know, maybe you can get a, some eyes on a few udders and, and see if there's any signs of frostbite. You know, again, the last thing we want to do is is be outside when it's cold. Um, but but we do need to be putting in just that little extra bit of management uh, in order to make sure that things stay operating smoothly. You know, I imagine, Bradley, it was hopefully a little bit easier for you to have to thaw one frozen waterer that was maybe only frozen a few hours versus three of them that have been frozen overnight because no one right. checked them. And I think one of the other things that we try to do here is to kind of plan ahead. You know, sometimes that's almost impossible. You know, if we know it's going to be bad and snowing and blowing and we're going to get shut in, you know, we were, we bedded calves a little bit extra the day before the storm and the cold, because we knew, you know, there was going to be a blizzard here. We, we knew that. So it's like, well, let's, bed them today so it's dry and they can stay warm so there's not any issues because when they're out in the environment and it's cold and damp and then you start getting you know pneumonias and sickness and all kinds of other stuff so I think some of it is trying to anticipate what might happen plan for the worst and hope for the best so we we try to do a little extra maybe a few days beforehand just to make sure uh, because we certainly don't want to be out there bedding when it's you know, 40 below zero and it's a blizzard and you can't see anything. So yeah, I know it's not easy to say you should plan, but, uh, you know, even just think about it a little bit uh, might make people's lives a little bit easier if, if, you know, then we don't have to worry so much when it's 40 below. We know that, oh, yeah, we betted them yesterday and they should be, they should be able to get through a day and until we can come back tomorrow and maybe have to rebed them again or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh bedding beforehand. And I liked what you said, you know, with the calves, they got a little extra bedding too. With calves, we talk about their nesting score and, you know, how deep they can get into their bedding. And I think that that's such an important thing that in my mind, hopefully would not take a lot of extra time. Right. And I, I don't know a single farmer that doesn't check the weather multiple times a day. <laughs> So, exactly. so you probably know if cold weather is heading in and maybe you need to bump up bedding a day so you can get it done beforehand. Cause you're so right, Bradley. I don't want to be out there when it's negative 40, you know, doing bedding and it's blowing everywhere and I can't see. And so just some of those little things that you can do to, to get yourself and your farm prepared, I think are really important. One thing that I think about too, from you know, when it gets cold and snowing and blizzard and we're in the middle of winter, you know, it kind of goes back to your specialty. What about mental health? What can we do it during those times to, you know, it's, it's it, people worry. There's just a lot of, uh, a lot of things in the winter. And so what, what are some, when some things we can do when we, we think about from a, a mental health perspective? 
to drink. Yeah. You know, and winter is tough. And, and of course, people like to um, throw around labels like seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder. It's called a few different things. Um, and And that's very real. It is. Right. And we know that a big contributor to that is that there's less sunlight this time of year. And sunlight provides us with vitamin D, which is a vitamin that helps our body release and and, and take up uh, serotonin. So all these things work together. So if you feel a little blah in the winter, that's totally normal. And I cannot, you know, give you medical advice, but I would recommend talking to your doctor about potentially taking a vitamin D supplement over the counter. Um, that kind of thing can help. But then also just still finding those moments where where you can get a little joy, even when it's cold. And and I have a really, really specific memory of, yeah, just a few days ago. It was maybe Christmas Day and I was loading up the car to leave my mom's. So it was nighttime and it was softly snowing. It was freezing outside, but I took like three seconds and I just looked up at the sky. I could see the stars and it was snowing and I just took a deep breath in. It hurt my lungs a little bit, but it was just that moment of peace that I was like, wow, you you only get this in the winter. Those calm, silent winter nights. There's just something very therapeutic about them for me personally. And so I think there's a ton of opportunities for us to just do things like that. Notice little things that just make you happy or give you joy. You know, I really like when that light, fluffy, sparkly snow falls. It's a pain to drive in, but it's just so pretty. And I just enjoy that it looks nice. And those are some of the little things that I do, um, you know, and of course we have the new year coming up and I think people tend to get kind of hard on themselves this time of year with resolutions and what they could do and should do and want to do and need to do and all of that. And I think that pressure really builds up with, with this time of year as well. And, you know, I just remind people, you don't have to put all that pressure on yourself. Nobody tells you you have to make a resolution. I don't make resolutions anymore. One thing that I'm actually going to start doing that I got from a friend um, is they write down New Year's possibilities. Mm. So not resolutions, but things that are possible in 2023 that they'd maybe like to do. And that can be something like take a long weekend trip somewhere I've never been. Things like that, that just reduce that pressure. And if you don't get to them, that's okay. Um, and if you do, that's even better, right? So it's, you know, I feel like I always kind of say the same thing on here when it comes to mental health, but, you know, it bears repeating that you just, you need to do what works for you. Give yourself some grace. And number one thing that I just can't talk about enough is talking, telling people how you are feeling. I know it's something that even Bradley, me, you and Joe have been really good at doing, you know, we'll get on to record the podcast. And one of us might be like, I'm just having a really bad day. I'm just really frustrated with this thing. And we maybe need to vent for five minutes. And then I know I always feel better. I think Bradley, you probably feel better after you've done that. Of um, course. And so, yeah, you, you can tell people when you're frustrated or stressed, you know, and, and it's not that you need them to help you figure it out. Sometimes you just need someone to listen to what's going on and you just need someone that's going to say, God, that sucks. Sometimes that is the most supportive thing you can say to someone. 
if they're having a rough time, just acknowledge that it's a rough time. God, that really sucks. I'm sorry you're going through that. Those little things, they seem so simple and insignificant, but those are the things that really make the biggest impact, I think. Uh, certainly great advice. And and to talk about that, I think we talked about vitamin D, you know, even the other day, Minnesotans get made fun of this, you know, we're outside and it's 20 degrees out and the sun is shining. And actually yesterday it felt really nice outside. And most people would go, oh my gosh, 20 degrees and it's sunny and you you think it's nice. Yep. I was way too hot and had to take a jacket off. Yeah. So it does happen. Uh, it's just getting out for, for me, getting out in the vitamin D uh, just, it just makes things so much better, so much better. Yes. Yeah. Even when it's cold, I try to get outside every single day for at least 10 minutes. There is no replacement for fresh air and nature. I agree. Yes. And I would think most farmers agree. You know, you get into farming, but I think partially because you like being outside. So, yes. All right, Bradley, do you have anything more for the good of the cause? I have no other good ideas today. (laughs) (laughs) He's out of good ideas for the day. So... Must must be time to wrap it up. Uh, we just had a quick episode for you here today. But, you know, again, just a reminder, when that weather is cold, really think about those increased observations you need to make, what little adjustments might need to be made as well. You know, and also, we didn't even mention, keep yourself safe as well. If there are icy spots, making sure you're getting those managed so you can avoid slips, trips, and falls. And just the standard things. You know, we talk about frostbiting cows. Frostbite also happens in people. So dress in layers and wear your warm gear. And my favorite cold weather tip that I think most people think I sound insane when I say it, but especially if you have exposed skin on your face and it's like that negative 30 wind chill, if you put petroleum jelly on it, petroleum (laughs) jelly has a lower freezing temperature. So it won't actually make like a crust on your face, it will stay moistened, but it provides a physical barrier on your skin. Um, and like I said, I know smearing your face in petroleum jelly might sound crazy, um, but it's something that I I used to be a runner, so I ran year-round, including in the winter, and I would put Vaseline or petroleum jelly all over my face when I was running. And I mean, it feels a little weird, but it doesn't freeze. It's a physical barrier. Um, so you don't get, yeah, frostbite or windburn or any of those other things. There's just lots of little things that you can do for yourself as well. So when you're thinking about the little things you need to do for the cows, think about the little things you can do for yourself as well. Bradley, the dream team, we we survived another episode unsupervised by Joe. Exactly. Good for us. (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, or skating rebuttals about today's episode of The Moose Room, you can email us at themooseroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can also find us on Twitter at umnmooseroom and find Bradley on Instagram at umnwcrocdairy. And you can visit our website, extension.umn.edu. Stay warm. Bye. Bye.